Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Hangout with Abisoe. Today, today I have a very awesome guest. Um, she's a she's someone who is quite popular in the, the newcomer community. Uh, she's a communications professional and advocate for career visibility. In this episode, we would attempt to explore the concept of winning on the job. I know typically um, within the community, we have a lot of resources as to how to get a job. In my guest's um, statement in Howard's, um, job search in, in Canada is humbling. And so we will be talking about something else today. Um, we have a lot of resources on searching for a job. Well, on this episode, we would like to talk about how to, from right from the moment when you get an offer to how to hit the ground running in 90 days or more. So I will welcome my guest because I'm not doing this alone today. I have Tracy Oyekomi and she's a founder of Visible at Work and she's a career visibility coach. She also hosts her own podcast, guys. Like she hosts her own series of podcasts. I've listened to them a couple of times and they're super dope with a lot of resources. So Tracy, welcome. <laughs> Yay, I'm smiling here. Thank you so much, Abby. <laughs> I'm so excited welcome. to be here. So excited to share with guests. Um, and yeah, it's going to be a fun ride today talking much more about beyond getting the job and really solidifying your expertise in the new mm-hmm. place that you're going to be working in. So yeah, <laughs> stay tuned. Okay. Yeah, so Tracy, I will start just right in. I'll just go right in. I'll go right into something I read on your on your Instagram handle. I will drop Tracy's Instagram handle on the um, information box for this podcast, for this episode. Okay, so one thing you wrote on your page is job search in Canada is very is a very humbling experience. So I know that there are a lot of resources, like I mentioned earlier, as to how to get a job. But Tracy, my personal experience, I had done like four or five interviews. Tracy, once they say offer, I just mm. was like, oh, yeah, give me, mm. let's go. So mm-hmm. what am I supposed to do? Because I know I probably said yes to my first offer. What am I supposed to do? Because we were just talking about some of your clients and some of the awesome stories you were sharing. So what yeah. am I supposed to do at that point? Oh, you know, that sigh of relief. So breathe. (laughs) If you've been able to make it to the point of getting the offer, please take a deep breath because you have done so well um, and you Mm -hmm. have nothing to prove. Like you've done all the proving that you could do just to get that offer. But I must warn you, Mm -hmm. this is where the humbling experience comes in. Because for every yes that you get, for every, as a newcomer, you've probably gotten 90 no's. Or yes, more tell than me about it. yes. <laughs> so mm-hmm. at that point, when that offer comes, it's like I'm just grateful, like I'm just thankful. Finally, I'm out of the streets. <laughs> yeah, so I'm like I'm yeah, that's the word. I'm out of the streets, y'all. I'm moving. So <laughs> how do I not change myself and just yes. take the first offer back like that? Yes. So number one, it takes a lot of courage to um have one offer. And say, okay, I'm not going to take uh, the first offer. And I'm a very Mm -hmm. pragmatic coach. Even when I talk about visibility and things like that, I also know what it's like when you have bills piling up. And Mm -hmm. if you come from a country where by the time you do the exchange, 
you know that you're burning through cash. <laughs> so yeah. I will not just tell you, okay, yeah, 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 just take the first, um, don't take the first offer, stand your ground, charge what you're worth. Yes, here yeah, they tell you to charge what you're worth, but they also make it clear and let you know that when you do charge your worth, you have to justify that worth. And the worth I is know, not right? in terms of your uh, personal worth, like you yourself as a person. Your worth comes from um, the value that you're bringing to the company, not your mm. worth uh, as a human being. Nobody can mm-hmm. buy you, no, you know, your, your priceless. Yeah. So I just want to yeah. tell you that when, when they say charge your worth, it's not about you. Uh, as a human being, it's your expertise to the the value that the company will gain from bringing you on board. So more like what you bring to the table, right? Thank you. Yes, yes. So I would say, even if you you don't want to take that first offer, or if you want to mm-hmm. take that first offer, have a game plan. Don't go into any job without a game plan, a strategy in place. So your strategy doesn't okay. stop with getting the job. Your strategy continues the only changes but you must have a strategy when you enter into any job in north america hmm. okay so tracy i hear you you've said to us that we should charge our what but like we said this is a very humbling experience and this is something that i know that a couple of friends and people around me and even myself had to deal with when i first come on board i can hear her i can hear him yeah you just <laughs> when i first come on board up, so. <laughs> it's okay it's fine uh, we, come on working from home right now like we it's just normal for us to have you know ev- everything like you come to work with full circle right <laughs> anyways um working okay my train of thoughts when i got the offer tracy I mm-hmm. wasn't even sure. And this is after I've gotten like 15 no's or 10 no's. At that yeah. time, Tracy, I don't even know what I'm worth right now. Yeah. Um, so I think that that's one of the reasons why people are like, you know what? I'm just jumping on this offer. I'm taking it and I'm rolling with it. But how can, because I'm just saying like, for instance, I know a lot of people after that, it takes a lot for you to say, okay, this is what I'm worth and this is what I'm bringing to the table. Yeah. So yeah. you've heard a lot of no's. Yes. You know, I agree. <laughs> so yeah. always constantly check the marketplace. Um, mm-hmm. There's a tool that I I usually advise that you can use to check. Uh, let me okay. just pull that out. Can I remember? Oh my god, I still used it last week. <laughs> okay, no worry. It will come to you. We can share it later yeah, in the definitely. conversation. I'll share the tool. Um, but okay. like always check, and you know because of taxes here, always check. Like what the base is. Okay, yeah. So it's ca.talent.com. Uh, check okay. what your base salary is with your province. Um, so it's not just about the main salary. So even if you, and then you can compare with also LinkedIn, Glassdoor, like all the works, Monster, all mm-hmm. of all, all of that. And constantly mm. check what like those titles, what they're getting in for. Um, what okay. the base pay is. Now, you might not be able to negotiate that base pay, maybe because you're too scared, but you can negotiate other things. So sometimes mm-hmm. we base our worth or our value in terms of wealth by yeah. how much money comes in, especially when you come from a culture where, you know, we're all about the Benjamins. But <laughs> <laughs> here you get to find out that there's so much more than money itself. Like just even having the time or having the flexibility to maybe work Friday from home 
or do some okay. things like that. So the worst they can tell you is no, you know, compared to not even asking at all. So okay. before you, you make any negotiation, have a walkaway number, check the comps within with your province and the job title. That's number one. Like mm-hmm. that's basic. Then um, have a walkaway number. So you must always have a walkaway number. I have a journal okay. that I usually advise my clients to do as well, like a freedom journal. What would success look like to you? My program is called Career Success Abroad, but we don't define success for for each person. We make you define what success looks like for you. And that's what we do okay. like within the first week, the first week. So you get to define what success okay. looks like for you. So if you look at like your child care, um, the kind of meals you want to eat, maybe you want to go out, like take yourself on a date every month or every week, mm-hmm. how much will it cost? Um, you want to order champagne every weekend or like once okay. a month, how much will it cost? <laughs> you want to do your massage. Um, you know, there's so many things like that that you write everything down and put a a, a number to it. And then you by the time you total it, you see how much exactly do I need to live you know, a good life, life like at least, yeah, yeah. So how much exactly do I really need to even get started? Now, when you're able to do that, then you, you end up with a, a walkaway number. So you're not just blotting out numbers. You know that Mm -hmm. this is exactly what I need to do. So, and I know a lot of people in our community have side businesses. So maybe you're doing chin-chin, maybe you bake Mm. cakes, maybe you still Mm -hmm. want to have time to do that. So you're not just doing it for Mm -hmm. the money. You actually love baking. So you can decide, okay, if I know that this industry with this province I'm in, they would not pay me more than this amount right now because I've checked and I've done my comps and I've also done my freedom, you know, journal. I've written out how much I want to spend every month. Um, Mm -hmm. So that means if I'm going to be doing this changing business or baking cakes because it, it relieves stress, while I'm baking, so I want to continue baking, whether I have a, a, a job or not, how much exactly okay. do I need from that business combined plus my job to make me happy? Yeah. Okay, so you said two add, things. Add uh, 5000 to it. <laughs> okay, good, good. You said two things that I wanted to clarify just in case someone else is listening and is also mm-hmm. wondering. But you said when you check your comps, what do you mean by that? So the comps would be, so that's like the compounding uh, amount with, you know, for every province, there are different amounts. So like when you look at minimum, uh, minimum wage. Taxes and everything that they remove. Yes, so those are the comps. It's it's different depending on your province. So you can't just call out a number uh, Mm. and nobody will be willing to pay you that number in Toronto, but maybe a company might want to pay you that number in Alberta or in um, Nova Scotia because they don't have mm-hmm. enough engineers or they don't have like people with your skill sets there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. There's also a website that we checked when we came on and uh, that had, and I also would look for it and put it on the resource. There's one more thing I was going to ask you. So now I've gotten the offer letter. I'm mm-hmm. fine. I know a date I'm going to resume. I'm mm-hmm. excited. I've told the whole family, but I'm also nervous, Tracy. I'm course. nervous that what's going to happen with everything that I have said, you know, how Mm. am I going to, um, you know, 
how am I going to be able to sell myself? How am I, am I worth it? You know that whole, oh, yes. uh, what's it, what's that from? Imposter how do I syndrome. deal with that? <laughs> yes. Imposter syndrome. Yes, yes. 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 How do I deal with that? Um, in those early days that I'm preparing for this new job. Yes. So uh, number one, give yourself grace. Um, you definitely deserve to be there 100%. Especially, uh, I moved from the US. So I, anytime I talk about North America, I always like to compare uh, the way Canadian recruitment and uh, American recruitment happens. Canadians, mm. I don't mean to generalize, but most times you would see that they're, they're risk averse. So they don't take as much risk uh, compared to Americans. So Canadians mm -hmm. like to take their time before they bring you on board, before they hire you. So if you've gotten to the point where you've gotten the offer and you're there, trust me, you deserve to be there 100%. Americans, they would, they like to like take chances. Okay. So let's, let's just see what this person is about, but they're quick to fire. So if, if you're not, if you say you can do this and you actually cannot do this, most Americans will mm -hmm. tell you, they will let, they will easily let you go in a heartbeat, but the Canadian doesn't want to be the person to let you go. So that's why they take their yeah. time before they bring you in. So if you've gotten to that point, you've gotten that offer, you have your day of resumption, um, give yourself grace, do more research, uh, do more listening, a bonus that even comes with uh, when people work with me, we have like a 90 day plan and everything that we do, like in my program is tailored mostly to highly skilled immigrants. Cause you've been working back home. It's not as if you don't have yeah. the work experience, you have the work experience. It's just that it's, it's a totally different ball game in this new country. So you have yeah. to tailor your experience, your expertise, your history, the way you do things, your leadership style, your communication style to match and mm -hmm. mirror this new location. So it has nothing to do with, um, I'm just so nervous because I don't know much. You do. You have something to offer. And, you know, thank goodness now with diversity of thought, where a lot of companies also want to hire diverse individuals, where because they know that you bring much more than just your book experience, but your lived yeah. experiences can also mm -hmm. add to um, support, like when it comes to creation of a product or a service. Um, it also brings inclusion when it comes to how they decide they want their product to be in the marketplace because the country it's, itself is also a multicultural country where there are different people from different parts of the world that live here so your yeah, product yeah. or your service has to speak to the world that we live in now very true and one of the things that you said that is that you know clicks for me is just realizing that they take time in canada to bring you on board and once they do because, the, you know, the Canadians are, are very polite. And I, I had that challenge with feedback and saying, y'all yes. are so polite. Just tell me. Just tell me what you <laughs> think. Won't. Right? I want to know. They won't tell you. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when I hear, oh, Abby, good job. I'm like, does it really mean good job? Or does mm -hmm. it mean something else? So I understand that when you come on board, they will almost want to make sure that you succeed because they don't want to be the person who is going to say, perhaps we didn't do right by you coming on board. So yeah. as yeah. Tracy says, give yourself grace, be excited you're here and just start, just deal with it. You have something to bring to the table. Yeah, Good. definitely. And I think we're by halfway through the, <laughs> through the podcast and <laughs> okay. question that I wanted to ask you. So I know that you always, you always mention visibility. Like I followed you for, 
yeah, yeah, I'm one of those people that crawl <laughs> on people's pages before saying hi. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm one of those people. It takes me a long time to say hi to people, and they're already my friend in my head. Like, I feel like, oh, sure. And I'm like, come on, you've never even really said hi to that person. <laughs> so I followed you for quite a bit, um, way back from, you know, from before I came to, the, to, um, to Canada, and I used to do something similar. So I know that you're a very big advocate of visibility at work. It's not what you're saying. It's not what you're doing. It's how you're making sure that the right set of people are seeing what you're doing. Yes. And so expand on that for a typical professional immigrant who has moved in their first or second job and are here, especially now that people are working remotely, which even makes it a little oh. more difficult to be visible. Um, how, what's visibility like in Ooh. those early days? Those, you know, that first 90 days where there's nervousness and there's that urge Definitely. to impress and everything going on. Definitely. So, so um, I'll probably just give you some tips from my um, 90 day plan that I have for my clients. But we're already tips. collecting free, free, <laughs> we're free collecting freebies so, right free now. Tips, so. hmm. <laughs> Okay, Anyways, I love to share. Um, but yes, I'm a big proponent for visibility because just like we talked about how like the Canadian workplace is where sometimes you won't get feedback, um, you know, the politeness and not really knowing if you're doing things right or not. You have to take the, the vis when it comes to visibility here, you are in the mm -hmm. driver's seat of your career. You are the one that decides how you want your career to pan out. You are the biggest advocate for yourself. So it's the same thing. Like if you decide you want to do something or you make a decision, nobody, nobody's going to care about you more than you care for yourself. So the number one thing to start to do is to see how you can advocate for yourself and start small. So don't wait mm. until there's a big project before you see how you can advocate for yourself so number one advocating for yourself number two advocating for other people that's how you become visible you don't just become visible by being the hero of your story you also become mm. visible by making other people the heroes as well so if there's an intern in your office um, and there's something you're working on that you feel they can benefit from uh, try mm -hmm. to include that intern they might not like hug you or like you know talk about you but you never know one day when they mention what you did for them or how you were, you, be, you were very helpful by the time they're leaving um, that company. Number two, mm -hmm. try to involve established uh, stakeholders, like establish who are the key stakeholders in that new company you're joining. Don't wait okay. for them to introduce you. Sometimes your manager might be too busy and overwhelmed. They're just happy that they finally have somebody on board to do a lot of the work that they've been doing. So they might not even mm -hmm. have the time to do that. And don't get upset if they don't do that. And you take the initiative to start to identify the key stakeholders, people you're going to be working with, people on your team, people from other teams. Because I know a lot of people mm -hmm. do visibility, but they only focus on their teams. And you yeah. might be in a company for a long time where you're just siloed in that team and you're not looking around sure. um, to see how else, like what you're delivering on the job affects other cross-functional mm -hmm. teams uh, in the company. When you're able to do that, then you become valuable whether they decide to lay off people or not because like, mm -hmm. other people know what you're doing. 
and that's not yeah. eye service trust me if you think yeah, that you're doing because... too much you're probably not doing enough <laughs> <laughs> yeah because that's another thing the culture that we're coming from mm-hmm. although i had liberated myself from that from way back in nigeria because i found out that having when you call them advocates advocates i usually call them alliances like creating alliances yes. with the right set of people and so it's not eye service like you say it's just if you do the work let people see the work but i think it's tracy i think it's tougher now like i'm remote i'm just working mm-hmm. in slack all day mm-hmm. and stuff um so the difference between myself and my my partner in my office we always turn on video every work we're doing we turn on video like okay. you every zoom meeting you turn on video okay. in his office oh it's if you want to turn on if you don't want to turn on and i'm like turn on video, let people see that you smile. And it's like, nah, <laughs> nobody turns on video. So I feel like one of the other ways is to, um, if you can, if it's, if it's a, if it's not a culture clash in your organization, turn on video when you're talking so people can actually see you. I feel like when people see you, they feel like they can relate with you. It might Definitely. be tough, but I feel like it's also a way to, to chat. And for me, another thing, Tracy, um, we have like in my office, we use Slack a lot. And, mm-hmm. Every morning, they already have a culture where everybody goes in and says, team chat, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. And it's a lot of good mornings before we all start work. And yeah. it's, and when it closes in, people say good night on you. And during the day, sometimes people bring, we have another chat that is funny room and people bring in funny stuff. Yeah. And the first few weeks, um, Tracy, I wasn't going to any of those chats because I was like, what do I have to I didn't say? Even, exactly. <laughs> plus the culture of the conversation. Cultural differences. About something. I have to Google it. Like, what, pets, are they, what music are they even talking about? The music. Oh my God. <laughs> the pets and the cats. I had to, you know, <laughs> I had to say, okay, if I want to get a pet, dog or cat. So what? And it became a debate of the dog people and the cat people trying <laughs> but to convince me. Yeah. And, but it was good conversation. And that's how I was able to wrap my head around it. Yeah. And so now they know to say, oh, Oh, Abby, do you know what that is? <laughs> like if they have a conversation, like, Abby, do you know what that is? I don't know, uh, but I'm Googling it as you're speaking. That's and cool. It always gives them, yeah, it always gives them so much joy to want to explain stuff to me. Uh, it's tough, but yeah, it's, you know, I, I just didn't like being the JJC. I know. Uh, <laughs> but I had to deal with it. And I'm hoping yeah. that anyone listening to this also has to deal with it. You might feel like what is, so Tracy, somebody might be asking, what does this have to do with my work? Like what's mm. my business with all of this? What, yeah. what would you say? So there's uh, this research about power and how mm-hmm. power dynamics are shared, not just in work situations. So power dynamics in the workplace is mm-hmm. not just shared from information exchange but so many other things beyond the work itself and it's all these types of conversations that happen that allows you to see the power dynamics so it's when people talk that you know what their strong points are what their interests are um mm-hmm. what their where their alliances are um how exactly. they feel about certain things that management is doing um mm. who you should talk to if you need certain things it's not going to be mm-hmm. when you want to ask for that report that they will tell you all those things. So you have to be involved. Mm-hmm. Another thing too is to identify um, like the global cultural differences. I did a research on that as well. And they, uh, they're about nine main uh, global cultural differences when working on global teams that you should be able to identify. And a lot of uh, cultures, we come from uh, collectivist cultures where 
you involve family members, you involve friends before you make decisions. And here they yeah. have like individualistic cultures where you just focus on you. Um, it doesn't really matter what anybody else thinks. So long as you do what you have to do, then you're good. Um, mm -hmm. We don't involve people when we're planning something. We like to wait until you see the end result before we share. Here, a lot of people like to share their progress as things are evolving. <laughs> <laughs> So when you, you talk about to... waiting to the end results, I'm sorry. Yeah. You. When no, you talk about okay. waiting for the end results before you share, I literally just had a Yoruba adage in my head, like, ah, you don't say, <laughs> oh, you keep it. When it is done, then you share, you know? Yes. <laughs> so, we, that's what so, we do. <laughs> yeah. So you're telling me now that progress is, it's good to share progress here. It's a cultural thing to share progress. Here, yes. Right? It's a cultural thing to share progress, but another way you can do, you decide like the top things, the main things, when you look at your story, you look at your background, you look at your experience, you look at um, your plans for maybe your career, like you're aiming for a promotion. You don't plan for mm -hmm. a promotion the year you want to get promoted. So I mean, let's say you want to get promoted uh, this year. I'm just saying yeah. the average mm. uh, newcomer would want to start talking to their manager during performance, like the official review. performance review in November about being promoted. The, if, if the first time you're telling your manager that you want to get promoted during your, is during your official performance, then you feel like you've missed the boss. Oh, wow. <laughs> you have to start talking about like promotion or uh, plans for your career, at least 18 months before to let them wow. know this is your plan. And that's why a lot of people get disappointed when it gets to that point and then it doesn't happen. They're like, oh, I was bypassed. But your manager is not a mind reader. Um, some managers would be good to want to propel you to, you know, towards your goals. But if they don't even know the goals, then what would they propel you towards? Um, hmm. but as you work with people, you also know if this person is really interested in advancing your career, you know, really supporting your goals. Like mm -hmm. I said, pick top areas where you want to share things. So let's say, uh, you want to be a manager. You're not going yeah. to tell your manager that I want to take your job in the next two years, or I want to be manager. What you'll be saying is, um, finding out doing your research to find out what are the things that my manager does now that I do not do what's the mm. certification that my manager has now that I do not have um, yeah what do I need to do to get there so if you're now sharing with your manager and saying mm -hmm. um hey Joe I was thinking that um of taking this certification exam uh you know in a few months by fall or by summer next year what do you think I'm hoping like it will give me more responsibility uh, so I can explore other areas of the business. So I can start to do mm -hmm. more reports, like the way you do reports. Uh, and then he'll, you know, that person, your manager will tell you, oh yeah, sure. That's great. Uh, do you need any references or like a budget that I need to sign up for you for training? And then you would mm -hmm. say, yes, uh, I'll probably look into that. I'll let you know when I'm ready. So now if maybe, uh, that manager had a budget for training, but you've already intimated mm. that you wanted to take an exam uh, in fall. Who do you think is going to get budget for training? If somebody shows up uh, uh, a month to the exam and says, I want budget for training. And you that you've mentioned it at the beginning of the year. Who do you think will get budget first? Beginning of the year? Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Interesting. So you're saying <laughs> that 
<laughs> it's interesting because within the first three months, I'm thinking, you know, <laughs> I have a friend who says, um, and it was a couple, right? They both got their jobs two weeks in between. Very fantastic story. And when they started working, the husband or I don't know, one of them decided that the work looked like it was too simple or maybe they were not doing it right. You know, just that imposter syndrome. And they literally mm. were going to go ask their boss after taking their first month salary that if you want to fire me, let me just... <laughs> <laughs> let me just know like am i doing the boy am i doing the job right i'd like to sit down with you i know where i am and the boss was like you've only been here two months and you're doing a lot already and yeah. so in that first two months <laughs> but it was so funny he was like he was gonna run ask you know just let me know ahead of time so that <laughs> i can plan my life and i was like you must have you must have scared yourself so much <laughs> Um, that you did not realize you're bringing value to the table. She had told yeah. me that in the first three months, I should, um, if I was going to, if I'm looking to, like, if I already know my pathway of what I want to do, yeah. I should, you know, start to have conversations, not directly saying I want a promotion, obviously not, but yeah. just the plan of checking out what my boss is or what the people who have the roles I'm, I'm looking to, I'm aspiring yeah. to get to, what mm-hmm. they have right now and the kind of skill sets and, and the stuff that they do. Yeah, also awesome that's tip. that's your personal strategy. So, and mm. this will come in an informal setup. You're not telling your manager, "Hey, you just hired me, and then I want to be promoted." No, what you're saying is I you're looking want, for. I even want training. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, but you're looking for more responsibility. But the training part, um, why I brought that up was because sometimes with training, it will take a lot from you to get ready to prepare for those exams and you have to let your manager know like if you're going to be taking some of those trainings some some of them might also come when you negotiate for the salary like the increase um when they bring Mm. you on you also have a training budget but you also have to let the company know before you apply for that training so that's why i brought Mm -hmm. like the conversation about like training budget Whoever yeah. talks about it early enough will probably get a budget first compared to somebody that just shows up a month before the exam and says, I want uh, training support or training budget. Hmm. Mm-hmm. That's, you've shared a lot of wisdom. And <laughs> usually I always try to cap this within a 30 minutes mark. And we're just about 30 minutes on the dot. There wow. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Time flies where you're having fun. Mm-hmm. But I want you to say, um, so there's something I learned from you a while back, and I don't know if you remember, I'm sure you probably, like I said, I was just a stalker. But something I remember about you, you mentioned a while back, and you had said that um, when you're joined, uh, like when you're at work, how mm-hmm. to be visible is to be able to document the things that you you do. Yeah. So for instance, when my boss tells me, oh, I'd be well done, that was fantastic work today. I yes. should go ahead and document that and make sure that I have raising costs. Can you speak more to that? Because I know you've talked about it before oh, in one yes. of your conversations. Yes. So I so another thing too, within our program, we have a proprietary accomplishment tracker where we teach okay. you how to show the dollar value of what you're doing. So I know a lot okay. of people are not in sales and most salespeople will understand this. However, I try to make it important for a lot of people to know that you should do it whether you're in sales or not you should be able to know what's the dollar value 
in terms of outputs that your work is giving to the company. So let's say, for okay. instance, you um, there's a report that you usually do that has to go out by a certain time. And if that report mm-hmm. doesn't go out by a certain time, the company will be fined over $3,000 if that report doesn't go out. I'm just giving an example. So yeah. that means that the your reporting skills is very, very critical to that report going out um, void of errors, uh, has the right information and on time mm-hmm. so that you can save the company $3,000 so the company doesn't have to pay fine. And also you're not just saving money, you're also saving the company's reputation because they are known to be, you know, to be able to submit their report on time. So if you calculated yeah. that $3,000 times uh, a month, like uh, how many days a week that report has to go out? Maybe it's every week. So four weeks in a month. If you calculate that and then calculate that annually, what would that look like? So that hmm. means just by doing reports, that particular report, you're saving that company this amount of money because you send that report on time. So that's how you know the dollar value of what you contribute, whether you're in sales or you're in a client-facing role or not. Everybody was hired for a particular reason. And what hmm. does that look like for the company? Um, hmm. That's how you'll be able to command respect, command uh, more opportunities in that business um, and show that you know what you're doing. So by the time you come and you're talking about promotion and you're talking anything like that, you have your receipts. So wow. if your boss tells you you did a great job, what exactly was great about what you did? And when they tell you, oh, yeah, you're able to do this on time, then document it because you will need it. Even if you don't need it in that job, it will come in handy in the next job. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Like, I always know that, you know, when we're writing resumes, people like all the resume writers and all the, you know, the newcomer support you get. Most people say, put numbers, put numbers. And people are lost as to where do I I put the numbers? I don't want want to fabricate numbers, but you've just broken down so well. And I think this is industry secret, y'all. Tracy just (laughs) gave us secret from her, like from her package, from her solution. So you should patronize Tracy. So she just gave us good secret as to how to break that down so that we can put numbers. It might not be for this job. It might be for your conversation and promotion. It might be for the next job but we should document those things especially within the first 90 days while we're still looking at everything tracy ah, (laughs) i really i really appreciate the conversation like i knew that i didn't want to talk about um trying to get a resume and stuff because i know that a lot of people are talking about it and there's a you know there's so much support for that and Mm -hmm. almost like sometimes you go into that job and people are like, oh, Shabi, you're, you're fine now. You've gotten the job. You're okay. Mm-mm. But people are silently just freaking out <laughs> and not doing as well. And the yeah. biggest fear is not even just you got a job, then you lost it. Yeah. You know, yeah. There's been stories like that. There's been stories like that. I know somebody, um, mm-hmm. I didn't know the person personally, but I heard the story. So this was even more of cultural differences like the way oh, wow. your boss will tell you oh you can come in anytime and there were two people um that got the got the contract role yeah. uh, but you know our I don't, I don't want to say our nigerian people but you know just this <laughs> culture like if you don't understand just ask ask questions like no question is too silly to ask and i'm happy like you mentioned mm. like how you know you ask your co-workers like okay what does that mean at least you're clarifying 
So yeah. And this person was so they can come in any time and then they will stroll in at eleven. Tomorrow they'll stroll in ah. at nine. Next tomorrow they'll stroll in at eight. <laughs> <laughs> and of no, course Tracy. now <laughs> and of course now you know and what happened was you know, people were saying that you know maybe because they got they got the job like two weeks after they landed. So they didn't suffer that's enough. Tracy, <laughs> that's why. No, no, even me, my mouth is open. Tracy, that's why. Like, seriously, are you kidding me? I resume um, back. Like, are you, do you know how I want to? How do you want me to resume? Standing <laughs> on your head or standing on the table? How? That's like, why. Tracy, they got the job in two weeks. That's why. Yeah. You know, it's, so, it's, you know, just uh, clarify, <laughs> clarify things. <laughs> know the way the culture works. Um, if they say you're doing something great, and even if you don't even get any feedback, you request feedback, solicit for feedback. Yeah, um, yeah. Feedback is progress. You just know how not to do something next time. It's better than not even knowing at all. Uh, and it yeah. would take places. The more you learn, the more you would put into practice, either in this job or in the new place. And I also want to tell everyone, like if you're mm. planning or you just got a new job and you're in your first 90 days, guess what? You're also vetting that company. I've had clients exactly. that got, they got a job. They've been interviewing for other roles because those roles look interesting. And even if this doesn't, like if before the three months you see that, I don't think I want to work for this company, you can move to something else. So it's not it's not Tracy. just the company watching you. You're also watching them as well. Tracy, <laughs> I, 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 agree. I agree with you. But after 15 interviews, please, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm the one watching them like a book. It's okay. We'll be fine. <laughs> so I get what you mean, right? And, and it's, yeah. it's, it's the truth. Just knowing that that first job, like you don't owe it to them to sit still. And, and that's another thing here, Tracy. You owe them just two weeks. Like literally just two weeks and tell them in two weeks, I'm like, that's all you owe them. Like, or like in our culture where you have to, depending on your role, you do one month. And then if you're higher up, your boss says you can't go, you have to give us three months. Uh, I found out that here it's two weeks in most contracts. So really uh, you're watching them and they're watching you. And the fact that yeah. you've gotten this, um, but Tracy, am I not scared that people will feel like what happened? Who are the people? Well, not just people like the next recruiter will feel what happened with me. So am I not concerned about that? Like I'm job. So, hot, like okay, I'm maybe job maybe because I, I shared another I shared another secret that I also do with my clients. So um what we do um with career success abroad, you land much more interviews that you've ever had, um targeted interviews that you've ever had, like since you moved abroad. So you're not always at the mercy out of a job. So it's not as if even if you decide to walk away, um, you're not just walking away to nothing. Like you're already in conversations with other people or you're building your mm. personal brand in the sense that people are coming to you. You're, you're using your expertise, your experience to attract people to you. So you're mm. not waiting. It's not, I'm not saying like after three months, you're just waiting, but there are sometimes things happen. Maybe budget was cut and you didn't do anything wrong on your part, but the company just decided not to go ahead after three months. Um, if you get yourself in an interview where the recruiter is worried uh, that after three months, what you should be talking about should be what were the skills you learned? Um, what were the tools you learned in those three months? And, you know, we talked about documenting. If you were documenting, then you have something to talk about that you did mm. in those three months with that company. And it could also be that it was a short-term contract. The, we work in a 24-hour economy here where there's a lot of uh, 
companies that just need someone to come in and do something, they don't have to hire the person full time. So it depends mm-hmm. also how you put it on your resume, talking about how, you know, what work you did. You're not lying. You're not saying that, you know, you were not let go. You're just saying it was short term contract. I did this for this company. This and this is what I did. And I'm looking for something in this line or in a different industry to be able to do more. Yeah. Okay. Thank mm-hmm. you, Tracy. We <laughs> have now reached we have now reached 40 minutes, which is our max of the max of the wow. max. Wow. And I appreciate <laughs> You have given us a final thoughts on this, and which is be open, um, know that they're checking you out like you're also checking them out. Um, make sure that you're creating more opportunities for yourself. Um, give yourself grace when you start and also document, document and document. And so, um, Tracy, thank you so much for coming. I know that um, everyone is busy and I know that you have shared a lot of trade secret, guys. Tracy shared a lot of trade secret. I will share details of Tracy's page um, at the end of the, on the podcast, uh, what's it called now? On the podcast description. Please, please, please um, go ahead, listen, share, and also reach out to Tracy. I'm sure she's able to help you. Thank you very much. And that will be all on this episode of Hangout with Abisoye. Tracy, thank you for hanging out with me. I appreciate thank it. Thank you, Abisoye. I had a wonderful time. You can reach me on just check out visibleatwork.com forward slash start. And mm-hmm. yeah, we can get started. You can check out free resources there. Okay. Thank you, Tracy. <laughs> Y'all go check out Tracy. I'm serious. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>